my name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, loving, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround our everyday life and our walk with Christ. Now, faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So, Yemi, what are we diving into today? Well, we are giving you all a season pass to miracles where we are closely examining the miracles of Jesus Christ and we apply it to modern day life. And today we are specifically covering the Jesus miracle of healing a centurion's servant. This miracle is found in the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 1 through 10. I will be reading from the ESV version, but you can feel free to read from whatever version you like. And it begins. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly saying, he is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation. And he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but just say the word and let my servants be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. right. This is a really good um, healing and a really good message because of specifically because of what Jesus says at the end, uh, marveling at this centurion's uh, great faith. And first, to point out, the centurion is a Gentile. He's not a Jew, right? right. And so um, when he sent elders to um, on his behalf to Jesus, he felt that he couldn't go to Jesus because he wasn't part of this religious group that right. Jesus was part of. So he sent elders who valued him, right? They obviously valued him. They pleaded with Jesus for this healing, this miracle. They said, you know, he loves our nation. He supports our nation. He even built this synagogue. And, and he was a Roman soldier who was supportive of this uh, nation of people. And uh, so Jesus was like, yeah, I'll go and heal him. You know, we know Jesus. He's about that. Yes. You know, so... So Jesus was on his way and I guess the centurion heard and was just like, no, 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 Jesus, you know, like you don't even need to come into my room. I didn't even think that I could approach you, but you know, just say the word and my servant should be healed. I know you're a man of great authority. He affirmed Jesus authority by comparing his authority with the soldiers. He says, if I tell a soldier to do this, do that, they'll do it. So I know when you say healed, it will be done. So he affirmed affirms Jesus's authority. And Jesus says, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. Like, can you imagine Jesus was blown away 
by this man who was not waiting for the promised Messiah, right? right? right. He was not praying for this this miracle of of, of the birth and uh, the birth of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. or this new king, someone who could have been, you know, opposed to Jesus's rule and reign, had faith in Jesus recognized his authority, knew who he who knew who he was. Right. And Jesus marveled at that. I think this is amazing. I think this talks about the fact that Jesus can even be wowed by us. Yes. <laughs> he can right. be like, right. wow, like, you know, you're showing me something, you know, like right. Jesus can look at us and be like, that's, you know, acknowledge some of the great things that we're doing because it's, you know, can be a surprise in this human right. world. And two, we're talking about a healing of a Gentile, right? Like right. You, we know that Jesus' ministry was primarily focused on um, the, the nation of Israel because that was who he came to save. That was who he came to uh, deliver right. and restore. And so um, he went beyond that. He went outside of the scope. And I, I love this. I love this. What are your thoughts, Philia? You know, I, I appreciate your view on this because like you said, this is a man of authority and he understood more than anyone what it means to be at a level of power and people kneel and bow and obey. And even though he wasn't a Jew, he was a Gentile, he was a Roman soldier. He understood that Jesus could heal from afar. He didn't even need to touch yeah. the, the, the servant. So he understood that and to not even be, you know, a, a Jew or someone of, of that type of belief he knew that Jesus could do it from all that he has heard and all that he has seen, you know, or people have seen and been able to convey this message. So it shows that everything that Jesus did went beyond the confines of that town. It went be, it went for miles because people heard about this and that news traveled. And this man of authority came seeking for Jesus to, to, um, to help his servant. Now, what I love about this is that he felt so unworthy even though he was a person of authority, he still felt unworthy to be in Jesus's presence, you know? And he also understood that, I guess, through humility and maturity, he understood that he's asking, you know, you, I understand that you have the power to do this, so I'm not worthy, but if somebody on my behalf can ask, and I think Jesus is flawed by that, like you mentioned, by that humility. Yeah, he's definitely like, looks at, he, he you know, Jesus has been encountering many people begging him for a healing, right? People come up to him all the time. He healing and he doesn't leave where he is without right. healing and touching every single one. Right. So yeah, like you said, he is in awe by this man saying like, say the word, right? Like you don't even have to come. You don't have to be close, right? Recognizing that proximity doesn't cancel out his power right. or doesn't validate his power, right? Like Jesus doesn't have to be close for his power to be effective. He, all he had to do was say the word. That belief like that is insane. Right. Belief like that is something to be odd, right? Like right. if I see somebody with great faith, I'm like, well, I marvel, you know, like I see people today and there, you know, things could the worst things can happen to them and they're still praising God, right. right? Or they can say, you know what, God, God, you know, this is God's will, let it be done. And I'm like, I would be devastated. I'd be mad at God. And, and there are people who are mad at God about certain things, but there are people who can overcome that. And I think Jesus is impressed by that. I think that is a kingdom mindset right. that we're supposed to have, but mm -hmm. because we're so human, it's rare. Right. It's very rare 
I mean, I don't think Jesus is condemning you if you mm-hmm. don't have the such this level of faith, of faith right. because we're human. But how do we move to that next right. uh, that next phase? How do we trust God with everything? I, I think I love what you said about that. How do we trust God with everything? I think that this this um, centurion showed Jesus that even Gentiles could have faith that it's okay. And even they can be accepted into the kingdom. It's not just the Jews. Mm -hmm. And this is a version of how Jesus accepts everyone. It doesn't matter. And this type of faith he was impressed by because he didn't expect someone who was not of, of a religious faith to, to actually still have faith in him. And he said, this is a prime example of what humility is. This is a prime example of what or how Gentiles will also receive their salvation because salvation comes from God. And I think this was a great example of showing that this person who's in authority, who can say walk and the person will walk, if he can do this and know that I am King or I am Messiah and I can do this, then what else can he actually almost like he's setting the example for others because if they will listen, this is a way that he kind of created his own discipleship yeah. because that man or that um, 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 centurion could also spread that word because people will also trust and obey him as well. Yeah. So he had that power to make or break that decision. And here he did. And he set that, that, that marvelous example. Yeah. He definitely set the tone. And, and as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Jesus is, is com- conferring the kingdom of heaven uh, to the Gentiles. So we read from the book of Luke, but this parable is also in Matthew and um, in Matthew, um, Matthew eight verses five to 13. And specifically in verse 10, it says, when Jesus heard this, you know, talking about the, the man, uh, the centurion who said, don't come to my house. Your word is enough. He said, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who follow him, truly, I tell you, no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. Mm-hmm. It is the place it is. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, you know, he, he goes on he says, and to the centurion, Jesus said, go and let it be done for you as you have believed. And so Jesus is conferring, right? He's saying like, you know, many will come, right? And, and they will say they want to be at the table of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their fathers, while sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, right? So you've been given this gift. Right. And you're, you're, you know, you're saying you claim Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, but you don't believe. And he's saying that you're not going to get to the kingdom. So he's essentially conferring this to people of faith, which is it's validation for us. Just believing in Jesus Christ gets us into the kingdom. Like it is a step into the kingdom. Just having that kind of faith. Right. Right. You know, it's funny when you meant when he, you know, you mentioned in that scripture where he talks about the others being able to sit at the table. But even when you sit at the table, you still need to know your place, you know, and it's like this Gentile probably would never have felt like he had a place at the table, mm-hmm. but his faith brought him there as well, that he would be, he would not be an outsider. He would not be left, you know, lurking and, and, and watching for that. He will also have an equal place at that table. Yeah. And I think that is just showing that the kingdom is for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's accessible by faith. Yes. I lo- that is I the way that. we access that miracle <laughs> accessible by faith. Absolutely. I mean, 
I, I, I want to also uh, go back to what you said about him feeling unworthy, mm -hmm. right? Because how many of us ask um, um, God for a miracle and we, we feel so like, can't you just do this for me? You did this for someone else. You know, there's song, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Right. There's faith in that. Yes, there's power of having that faith, but that expectation, uh -huh. you know, that expectation that you have, right? Like right. You, you can come into the presence of Jesus any way you are. Right. Right. <laughs> sin, in, sin in on Saturday, <laughs> worshiping <laughs> on Sunday, <laughs> right? Like you can come into his throne and just ask for things. Right. And right. Jesus is going to hand it out to you, right? right? Like Jesus loves us. God won't, you know, God is a God of good. He will do good for mm -hmm. us. He has an expected end. But we're human and we're in a human world, a fallen state. So there's a lot of things that, you know, prevent us from accessing the miracles of right. Jesus because we're operating in a fallen state. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to be like this man, feel like we're unworthy, right. have great faith. Right. These are things that Jesus was so impressed by and right. he was so moved. He was like, whatever you want done, it's done. Right. Right. He called this from a distance because. He had humility, like oh, you said. He yes, was humbled yes. and recognized authority. Yes. I mean, I know I'm guilty of using Jesus's name in vain. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, that I don't recognize his authority in that name? Because there's power in the name yes. of Jesus. He reigns over You know, all. I'm yes. just thinking to myself, like, I really need to stop using Jesus's name in vain, vain because there is power in the name of Jesus. Right. And I can't use it so recklessly and then start praying and saying mm. in Jesus name, mm. expecting it to have mm. the power when I just used it in, in a negative way. Right. Right. How, so you know, how do we mature? How do we grow? How do we not block our access? That is such a um, very, very, very um, interesting question because I think the reason why, we struggle with that is because we're not always living in the moment. We do it every Sunday. We do it during the podcast. Mm -hmm. We do it when we know that we're going to have a Bible study or reading. But if you're always living in that moment and in that mindset, you'll always be cognizant of your actions. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do. That's how we access it. So it's not just being humble. It's not just having faith, but it's also believing in the power of God, believing in the power of Jesus, believing in everything that he does and what he died for. And I think that will, will, will make us have that concerted effort to always do right. Even when we do fall, even do when we do fall short, because we're constantly living in that moment. And I really believe that that is the key to accessing accessing this part of the of the miracles is being humble having humility and living in the moment and always being conscious about our actions yeah i mean the bible talks about us renewing our mind like mm -hmm. daily yes. like that is uh, like being conscious means that you are focused mm -hmm. on what you're doing you're intentional right, right? like like when I talked about using Jesus's name in vain, is that mean I'm I'm not intentional with my words. I'm careless and reckless, and I want to be more intentional. I think like, you know, Jesus Jesus is funny. God is funny because he's ministering to me right now mm -hmm. <laughs> as I'm talking. Mm -hmm. He was like, "Are you reckless with your Correct. words? What, you know, you're saying there's um, life and death in the power of the tongue, but you're caught. You're calling it death, right? Correct. You're speaking negativity, and he's, you know, this is." I didn't even know that this was going to go here, right? Like I didn't even, well, prepping for this uh, episode, this. I wasn't thinking about yes. it, but it came up right now because Holy the Holy Spirit, Spirit activated. Yes. 
love it. Yes. And yes. so the Bible says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing Ooh. of your mind. That's what Philly is talking about, that daily act, yes. um, that daily action, that purposeful act, yes. you know, be intentional with your words, be intentional with your actions, be intentional with your bodies. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. this is a holy living temple. Do you respect it? Right. Because you want other people to respect it and so you want to call and claim right. all this stuff. How do we access our miracles if we're putting a blockade between right. ourselves and Jesus right. by not respecting ourselves, not respecting our words, not renewing our minds? Yes, always being intentional. You know, it's funny because it makes me think about when you're praying for certain things, like let's just say you're praying for the right partner, for instance, right? You're praying, oh, I want this person to be kind. I want them to be gentle. I want them to be generous. Like that. But then what about yourself? Are you those <laughs> things for your partner as well? Because mm. it's always what we want. That's but a what, word. <laughs> but what are we? Are we the right partner for that person that we want? Because God is funny. God will give us that. And then we would not be the right partner for that person. And then it becomes that person was not right for me. Yeah. So when you want these things and you want to access these miracles, you got to be intentional as well. So the mm -hmm. things that you want, you got to be about that action. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think, <laughs> I think, I think you're absolutely right. We got to be about that action and we got to be intentional, yeah. intentional with our words, intentional with our time, intentional with, with how we communicate with each absolutely. other, That's how key. we serve God, how we serve yes. others. There's so many things that we need to be conscious of every day. And if we make this a practice and habit, right? Like if we're walking with Christ in the, in a way that's intentional, it becomes our norm, right? Anything outside of that would feel contrary. The right. Holy Spirit would convict us, but we need to take a concerted effort to make the steps and take those actions in the right directions. If we're going to pray for the miracles, mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we're not setting up blocks and roadblocks yes. or, or walls preventing Jesus from access, um, Jesus from hearing our prayer. He's going to hear our prayers, but preventing us from getting the things that we deserve because people will say that you can open all kinds of doors to other spiritual influence, right? right. We, we live in this world, but we're not, we're called to be set apart. So that's part of it. Access that faith by setting yourself apart. Take, make yourself holy, you know, think about the, what would Jesus do? And it's not like Jesus wasn't, it's not clever. It's not like he wasn't flipping tables like Teresa Giudici. But, <laughs> but how can I be more like Jesus? Yes. What, does, what has he called me to do? I think right. that's something that we need to focus on. That is so great. I think that this would be a great discussion to see how our viewers feel about this. So we're going to save that for the live. But this was a great discussion. We thank you for tuning into our podcast and hope you enjoyed this discussion on healing a centurion servant. Before we end, we have a few announcements and then we will close with a prayer. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed our discussion on healing a centurion servant. First, we would like to announce that we'll be back next Wednesday to discuss Season 2, Episode 11 on the miracle of bringing a widow's son back to life in name. You can find this miracle in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. 
We are super delighted to be back on tonight with our Wisdom Wednesday's YouTube live discussion, where we will be discussing your season pass to miracles and how you can access your very own miracle through your personal walk with Christ. This will take place tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Lastly, our weekly podcast, Treading Faith, is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please check out our Instagram page for daily updates. If you like us, spread the news and follow us. Click that like button, and then you can just comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55 11 says, God's word does not come back void. Our prayers are strengthened in numbers. So we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Eternal father, we offer you the most precious blood of thy divine son, Jesus, in union with the masses throughout the world today. For all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, those in our own homes and within our families. Lord, Father, we are not worthy that you should enter under our roofs, but only say the word and our souls shall be healed. Gracious and holy Father, give us the wisdom to discover you. Give us the wisdom to have true intelligence to understand you and the diligence to seek after you, the patience to wait for you, the foresight to behold you, and the compassion to meditate upon you. Heavenly Father, we ask that we have life to proclaim you through the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Heavenly Father, may we all come into agreement and say amen, amen, and amen. We thank you all, we appreciate you, and we love you. Always remember to be kind to one another. We hope to see you all tonight. Until then, see you next time. Bye.